This episode of Weekly Weird News is sponsored by Bespoke Post. Venezuela is a country on the northern coast of South America that most people here in the U.S. mainly just know of in the context of a talking point. Oh, you want socialism? You want free health care and free education? Well, sounds like you want to turn the U.S. into Venezuela. Yeah. And this is a stupid talking point for a ton of reasons. I mean, yes, Venezuela has a lot of problems, but so do most countries in Latin America. Unlike most of those other countries, though, the Venezuelan government under Hugo Chavez and then Nicolas Maduro is openly socialist and also openly pretty damn critical of the United States as an imperialist power. And if you look at the long and often very violent history of U.S. intervention in Central and South American affairs, it's hard to really say they're that wrong about this. Yeah. And by the way, when we say that uh, all these countries have problems, America, plenty of problems. Yeah. Just different problems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, we're here not here to defend Nicolas Maduro or claim that Venezuela isn't a mess in a lot of ways. We're just saying that the U.S.'s obsession with Venezuela as an enemy that must be dealt with is part of a larger pattern that has a lot less to do with concern for democracy and human rights than it does uh, to do with uh, whether a country plays ball with U.S. economic interests. So, yes. Yeah. It's sort of like how Iran is a force of evil and we simply have no choice but to drone strike its generals. But Saudi Arabia is our very good friend and it's all just a big unfortunate misunderstanding when they assassinate U.S.-based journalists or do a 9-11, allegedly. No. Didn't say they did. Didn't say they didn't. Didn't say they didn't. But we're not here to do some deep analysis of U.S.-Venezuelan relations. Uh, Just understand that for the last 20 years we haven't been on the best of terms our two countries, and mm-hmm. it's gotten especially bad since Venezuela's 2018 election. Uh, the current president of Venezuela is either Nicolas Maduro or Juan Guaido, depending on how you feel about the situation. Uh, the U.S. feels that it's Juan Guaido, and so do a bunch of other countries. And getting Maduro out of power once and for all, by force maybe, is something that's openly talked about in U.S. politics. Uh, back in March, the Trump administration literally put a $15 million bounty on Maduro's head. Mm. Uh, yeah. Things are tense. Which brings us to the actual news that we're here to talk about. A hilariously failed attempt by some U.S.-based tactical operators to invade Venezuela and capture Maduro. This this failed mercenary operation went down last Sunday, but two days before that, the Associated Press ran a long and detailed story about the whole thing and how it had already failed, which is never a good sign. Yeah, that's the weird order of things to go. Here's how the article starts. The plan was simple but perilous. Some 300 heavily armed volunteers would sneak into Venezuela from the northern tip of South America. Along the way, they would raid military bases in the socialist country and ignite a popular rebellion that would end in President Nicolas Maduro's arrest. What could go wrong? As it turns out, pretty much everything. The ringleader of the plot is now jailed in the U.S. on narcotics charges. Authorities in the U.S. and Colombia are asking questions about the role of his muscular American advisor, a former Green Beret, and dozens of desperate combatants who flocked to secret training camps in Colombia said they have been left to fend for themselves amid the coronavirus pandemic. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, yeah, that former Green Beret is Jordan Goudreau, my favorite new character. Mm. He is a Florida man and three-time Bronze Star recipient for his service in Iraq and Afghanistan. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Uh, He served there as a Special Forces medic uh, for several years. Uh, In 2018, Goudreau started a private security firm called Silver Corps USA, initially focusing on a plan to put undercover counterterror agents in schools disguised as teachers in order to stop school shooters. Yeah. Brilliant idea. Uh, but Goudreau, uh, that that plan didn't end up happening. Yeah. Or did it? 
Do we know? Who yet? knows? That <laughs> kid in the back's really big. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure he goes to school that here? Kid in the back has a big beard and a bunch of like tribal tattoos yeah. on his arm. It's it's strange. Uh, he drives a giant truck with a blue <laughs> Blue Lives Matter sticker on it. And the Punisher logo. It's yeah, so strange. It's weird. Yeah. Can uh, you stop dipping? It's annoying. <laughs> anyways, I don't think that happened. But yeah. what Goudreau did end up doing was uh, private security at a bunch of Trump rallies. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, there's, uh, there's plenty of pictures. Plenty of pictures of him. They're at very the, proud at of these it. rallies with the earpiece in. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the man defending our president. So after doing security at a pro Juan Guaido concert on the Venezuela-Colombia border a few years back, he seems to have really gotten it in his head that his true calling was regime change in Venezuela. Uh, This is from the AP article, quote, He was always chasing the golden BB, said Drew White, a former business partner at Silver Corps, using military slang for a a one-in-a-million shot. White said he broke with his former Special Forces comrade last fall when Goudreau asked for help raising money to fund his regime change initiative. Quote, As supportive as you want to be as a friend, his head wasn't in the world of reality, said White. Nothing he said lined up. Hmm. Goudreau then pitched this idea to Keith Schiller, Donald Trump's former longtime bodyguard. But, quote, Schiller thought Goudreau was naive and in over his head. He cut off all contact following the meeting, said a person close to the former White House official. But, undeterred, Goudreau headed down to the JW Marriott in Bogota, (laughs) Colombia, which had become a sort of anti-Maduro home base for exiled Venezuelan politicians and military deserters. Uh, There, he met with a retired major general in the Venezuelan army named Cliver Alcala who told Goudreau he had 300 Venezuelan military deserters ready to invade Venezuela. They just needed weapons, equipment, and training, which Goudreau agreed to provide with an estimated budget of $1.5 million. We're doing this shit cheap. Yeah. <laughs> he's That's not a lot. Yeah. it's $1.5 million for regime change? Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a deal. Exactly. Now, the idea, it seems to have been that they would just cross the border in a heavily armored convoy. They'd make it to Caracas. And, you know, once the fighting began, the Venezuelan military, they would all give up. Of course. Because, you know, in this worldview, um, you know, no one in Venezuela likes it there. Everyone wants regime change. As soon as we show up, that's the green light and everyone's going to, they're going to dance in the street and pull the statues down. It's going to be just like Iraq if you just leave out everything that happened after the first two weeks. Yes. Um, So that's a plan. It was at the very least a plan. It's a plan. Yes. As the plan developed, though, more and more people involved uh, abandoned it because it seemed like a suicide mission with no chance for success. Uh, A former Navy SEAL who trained the volunteer forces for a few weeks, uh, he told the Associated Press, there was no chance they were going to succeed without direct U.S. military intervention. Unfortunately, there's a lot of cowboys in this business who try to peddle their military credentials into a big payday. Not a lot of faith from that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for where the funding for all this was actually going to come from, uh, it doesn't seem that this plan had any official U.S. backing, though people have theories. But the article says that Rowan Kraft, a billionaire descendant of the family behind Kraft Cheese, may have pledged his financial support. He got Velveeta and Venezuela mixed I, up. We need some of that cheddar. <laughs> yeah. At some point, Kraft started raising money among his own circle of fellow trust fund friends for what he described as a private coup to be carried out by Silver Corps, according to two businessmen whom he'd asked for money. Kraft allegedly lured prospective donors with the promise of preferential access to negotiate deals in the energy and mining sectors with an eventual Guaido government. That's what one businessman said. He provided AP a two-page unsigned draft memorandum for a six-figure commitment he said was sent by Kraft in October in which he represents himself as the prime contractor of Venezuela. 
so Kraft, the cheese man, he claims that he never actually gave Goudreau any of the money. You know, when you're rich, you just sort of, you got a lot of, got a lot of pots cooking in the kitchen. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes they never finish. But in March, a truck full of weapons and gear was confiscated by Colombian police. Uh, and then Cliver Alcala, the, the guy running the operation down there, he was arrested by U.S. authorities on drug trafficking charges. He's up in New York now in jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, uh, the May 1st Associated Press article, it ends by saying... In the aftermath of Alcala's arrest, the would-be insurrection appears to have disbanded. As the coronavirus spread, several of the remaining combatants have fled the camps and fanned out across Colombia, reconnecting with loved ones and figuring out their next steps. Most are broke, facing investigation by Colombian police, and frustrated with Goudreau, whom they blame for leading them astray. This damn virus can't even do a coup. Yeah. It's getting in the way of all sorts of fun. So that's that, I guess. Yeah, right? sounds like uh, the whole thing no, fell apart. No, wrong. <laughs> On the morning of Sunday, May 3rd, just two days after that article was published, the Venezuelan government claimed that terrorist mercenaries had been intercepted attempting a sea invasion of Venezuela from Colombia, and that eight men had been killed and two were captured, along with a bunch of weapons and equipment. This was met with uh, a healthy amount of skepticism, but not long after, Jordan Goudreau and a guy named Javier Quintero appeared on video taking credit for the operation which they said was still ongoing and whose goal was specifically to capture and detain the leadership of the Maduro government. When you're doing top secret shit, rule number one is record yourself on video talking about it Mm -hmm. while it's still ongoing. And always do it right after this press hits because it's a good smokescreen. Yeah. What idiot would do it right now? (laughs) So Goudreau, he also did a remote interview with a Venezuelan news outlet explaining things further and in a lot more detail. He also claimed that he was actually under contract with Juan Guaido, but that Guaido and his opposition had failed to pay him any money. Mm. Uh, So he's already throwing uh, the opposition government under the bus, despite this coup, I guess, being in their interests. Not great. Um, So, okay, if the opposition government was refusing to pay him, why proceed then? Well, according to Goudreau, it's because he is a freedom fighter. And this is what freedom fighters do. Hmm. Uh, when asked why he would launch an amphibious operation across open water instead of just, you know, crossing the Colombian border, Goudreau replied, Are you familiar with Alexander the Great, the Battle of Guagamala? Completely outnumbered. He struck to the heart of the enemy, and he won. Cool. A little bit uh, of hubris. Yeah. <laughs> Goudreau ended the interview by saying the operation was still ongoing. And sure enough, later that day, the official Silver Corps USA Twitter account tweeted, Strike force incursion into Venezuela. 60 Venezuelan, two American ex-Green Beret, at real Donald Trump. <laughs> hey, hey, Mr. President. Please acknowledge me. Mr. President, we're yeah. doing the thing you like. The next morning, may the 4th be with you, <laughs> those two American Silver Corps guys, they were captured along with a few Venezuelans, one of whom pissed themselves, <laughs> and a shitload of tactical gears. So, uh, phase two seems to have gone uh, only slightly better than phase one. They keep using that smokescreen of, why would we keep doing this, sir? <laughs> Every, if there was a real coup happening here, do you think they would have fucked it up this badly? Everyone that foiled it yesterday is celebrating the fact that they stopped it. They're yeah. all, they all get their heads turned yeah. around. How would they know? Uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, better than phase one. A bunch of people uh, got killed in phase one, so this technically yeah. is better. All this, ha- all this one had was a uh, dude uh, pissing on his own face. Because yeah. they, they were on the ground handcuffed on a slight downhill incline, and he pissed his pants, mm-hmm. and it went all over his face. Very funny. Anyways, those two Americans were very easy to identify thanks to the fact that they were each carrying multiple forms of ID on them, which Nicolas Maduro was happy to display at a news conference later that day. This is a gift. Mm -hmm. This is a gift to Nicolas Maduro, you fucking idiots. 
Anyway, both of those Americans, Aaron Barry and Luke Denman, have given video confessions saying that their plan was to capture strategic targets and kidnap Maduro back to the U.S. Oh, I'm sorry, um, is that wrong? Uh, obviously, confessions like these, they need to be taken with a huge grain of salt. Probably done under duress. Mm -hmm. But uh, given everything else we know, it sounds like these confessions aren't super far off from, like, the truth. I mean, the part about... One of them claimed that they were under direct orders of Donald Trump. It's almost certainly bullshit, but I don't know. Who the hell knows? Mm -hmm. I mean, judging by how Trump has handled other plans, it's not outside the realm of possibility. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's involved in this at all, but it also wouldn't surprise me if he was. Yeah. What we do know, though, based on documents that were retained by the Washington Post a few days later, is that the Venezuelan opposition was, in fact, directly involved, uh, at least in the early stages, uh, it looks like Juan Guaido never got around to actually signing off on any of it, but some of his opposition associates literally did. They signed this contract, and hilariously, one section of the leaked contract states, service provider will use operation security to protect the face of the project as Venezuelan only. So they, huh. yeah, they kind of fucked that up. Yeah. I mean, the two Americans got caught, but also the American planning the whole thing was uh, just loudly telling anyone who listened, hey, I'm doing a coup. You guys want to get on this? No, I haven't done it yet. It's actually uh, probably sometime this week. Oh. We're going to really catch him by surprise. Three times we're going to try it. Yeah. Uh, anyways, as more information has come to light, the laughs, they just keep coming in. Jordan Goudreau is now under investigation by the U.S. for arms trafficking. Uh, one of the weapons that was confiscated from the rebels appears to have been an airsoft rifle. Silver Core USA's website is full of blatant plagiarism, including a TOS section completely just copied and pasted from the website for Masterclass. Uh, they didn't replace anything on it. Yeah. They, they just did uh, that. It would have been very easy to do, but that's a lot of words. It's a lot of words to read in those yeah. TOSs. Uh, and this what is, is proof. What is find and replace? What is that? Yeah, but this is proof no one reads the TOS. Not yeah. even a company that is ripping it off. Mm -hmm. Another section is copied from, uh, and pasted from a Tony Robbins website. <laughs> so you can tell they're huge fans of yeah. Tony Robbins. And they're trying to learn how to cook from Gordon Ramsay. Uh, the Silvercore USA Instagram account is hilarious and features Jordan Goudreau shirtless showing off his rock and bod. And uh, also the Silvercore boys winding down at a burger joint. <laughs> Which is what they assumed the, the Venezuelans were doing yeah. after the first couple of attempts. Listen, we're all war heroes and we're some of the laziest, dumbest people in the world. Yeah. Imagine how lazy and dumb but the Venezuelans are. The photos, they get better. There's also a fun collection of professional photographs that Jordan Goudreau posed for uh, for each of the training seminars that he offers, holding a variety of props from stethoscopes to sniper rifles in like varying degrees yeah. of pose. It's uh, like the Tobias Funke, like, yes. uh, you know acting headshots like mm -hmm. I'm a doctor I'm a clown I can do all these things it's amazing he's but, very uh, very versatile yeah so the lesson to be learned here is that regardless of your skills as a soldier in the US military and it sounds like this Jordan Gaudreau guy was a very capable skilled soldier mm -hmm. regardless of that invading a foreign country to perform a coup d'etat might not be as easy as you think it's mm -hmm. a bit of a leap uh, in this case, uh, the Venezuelan government seems to have been very aware of the entire thing for quite a while, and were probably shocked and overjoyed that the plan was still on, despite how obviously doomed it was. Uh, and for as much as Jordan Goudreau seems to dislike Nicolas Maduro, uh, he sure has handed Maduro a gift on a silver platter with this complete fucking boondoggle. He's showing that the Maduro government has their shit together militarily, while the opposition looks like a bunch of jackasses who all want Maduro out but can't manage to, like, coordinate on even the most basic way to do that. Mm -hmm. It's being compared to the Bay of Pigs. Well, I mean, like, even the Bay of Pigs, like, that was, like, a few hundred guys. Yeah. But, like, uh, yeah, still a fucking disaster. But, yeah, the U.S. is, like, just so good at underestimating its <laughs> enemies. Yeah. 
And uh, it's like even the Bay of Pigs, they were the CIA was smart enough to be like, look, everyone actually involved in this operation has to be Cuban uh, people living in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Like we can't send U.S. troops down there. That would be insane. Mm-hmm. It has to be has to seem like a you know a homegrown operation, freedom fighters. And this fucking asshole, he, he just went down. and He was like, "There's no way these idiots are smarter than me. A Green Beret from yeah, America. Yeah, I could beat them all one-handed. We just had a couple dozen guys into Venezuela in like shifts. And uh, the only way that this would sound like it has Trump's fingerprints on it is like if he was like." All right, what's it going to take to handle this down in Venezuela? And like, well, probably a couple hundred million dollars and uh, an actual U.S. military invasion. This guy, like, down at Mar-a-Lago is like, this is, listen, Mr. President, I'm a Green Beret. It's bullshit. You don't need that. Give me 12 guys and 100 grand. This is literally the conversation that he had early on with some, like, some Venezuelan exiles. Like, they were trying to come up with some sort of plan for this. And they were like, it's going to cost half a billion dollars. And he's like... I'll do it for less than half of that. Yeah, Trust give, me. Give me nothing. <laughs> give me nothing. You know how many little kids I killed in Afghanistan? Oh. Give me nothing. Yeah, I don't know if he, he's a medic, so I probably didn't do that. So, I who, who knows? the hell knows? But hey, uh, we can at least be glad that Jordan Goudreau invested his time and energy into invading Venezuela instead of into his original plan to stop school shootings, because that probably would have failed. Yeah. Uh, based on how this turned out, it's hard to see how having him in charge of putting armed Tier 1 operators undercover in American high schools would have ended well at all. No. Yeah. Been, uh... <laughs> I, I wish he'd at least had a chance to try this out. Yeah. Because it would have been so funny. We were like, uh, here's your new math teacher. And it's just this fucking... I can't sit in the desk. <laughs> I can't. It's too small. Yeah. He gets his little lunchbox out. Yeah. <laughs> Got a grenade in it. Apple. Yeah. Oh, damn it. I bit into the grenade and not the apple. Everybody Whoa! Uh, yeah. It, on the other hand, it, it at least wouldn't have resulted in uh, two of Goudreau's old military buddies being locked up in a Venezuelan prison for potentially a very long time. Right? I almost feel bad for those two guys. Because, yeah. like... You know, he's your old war buddy. Like, hey, man, you really want... You guys want to be there when we change the world. You ready to do the big dirty? You never have to work again. <laughs> you want to go down in the history books yeah. as the guys who got that shit done? No, me, I, I obviously can't... Look, you guys will be doing the invasion. I'm the I'm the sort of brains. I'm going to be over I'm here... I'm the manager, Mr. Manager. I'm going to be over here past the Colombian border at the yeah. JW Marriott. You know, I'll have my cell phone, so keep me. Keep me in the loop. I, but got a, like, I have a luxury suite on the top floor. I'll get, have my eyes on yeah, you the whole time. Yeah. But you guys, you know, you're going to be in the history books. They're going to be like, look at these two fucking badasses. They Parades. Conquered, they conquered the Maduro government. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty badass, right? Sounds pretty badass. <laughs> Are you a bad enough dude to invade Venezuela in a fucking yeah. fishing boat? Yeah. Instead of like the job section on the website, it should say, Are you a bad enough dude? Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, if Silver Core USA sounds a little bit like uh, a Jacob Wall surefire intelligence sort of operation, well, good news, we've got some Jacob Wall news for you this week as well. Yeah. For a while there, we thought that Jacob Wall and Jack Berkman's constant stream of hilariously flawed smear jobs had ended after he tried and failed to accuse Robert Mueller, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, Kamala Harris, and many others of uh, sexual misconduct or just full-on rape. I guess we were wrong, though, because yeah. he's once again tried this exact same thing against Dr. Anthony Fauci. He was the, probably just bored. The, <laughs> the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, who, you know, he's gained a reputation as perhaps the one and only member of the federal government who isn't a complete fucking idiot when it comes to COVID-19. Outbreak in the White House, by the way. Yeah. And what a time Stephen for Stephen Miller's wife, that poor woman. And uh, uh, Trump's valet. 
Yeah. And uh, probably a few more. Fake news. What a perfect time for it to happen to when everything starts opening back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Anyways, unlike uh, other Wall and Berkman schemes, this one seems to have fallen apart before Wall or Berkman even had a chance to hype it up. Nancy Rommelman, a writer for the libertarian website Reason, she published a piece earlier this week about her communications with a young woman named Diana who told her she'd been sexually assaulted by Dr. Fauci back in 2014 when she was 20 years old. Then came back to say it had all just been another Wall Berkman blunder. We recently talked about how absolutely irrelevant Wall and Berkman have become. And that's very much the case here, because apparently they had a conference call about this whole thing last month, and only one news outlet bothered to even cover it, and that was the Daily Dot. And the only reason they even looked into it in the first place was that Jacob Wall and Jack Berkman weren't part of the equation until they revealed themselves on the conference call. Yeah, I love that. You go like, okay, fine, let's let's hear this out. Wait, Jacob, is that your voice on there? Now here's yes, hello. Berkman zipper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even in the lead up to the conference call, the names of the accusers' attorneys, they seemed to be people that didn't actually exist. Uh, and when the Daily Dot reached out to Jacob Wool before the conference call to ask, are you involved in this? He denied any knowledge of it. But then, sure enough, he and Berkman showed up on the call when it actually happened. No, this happened. is not Jacob Wool. <laughs> Anyways, the accuser told uh, the Reason writer in a follow-up email that the, the whole thing was bullshit. And she'd been paid five figures to do it, and, uh, you know, she's known Jacob for years, was once romantically involved with him. She did not Poor get that woman. money, even five figures, I'm assuming, right? I don't know. I think she might have. Anyway, she also provided a recording of a long phone conversation between her and the Wool Berkman Dream Team, which can be heard in full at the link down in the description. It is these are sociopaths. They I just, don't understand it is the wild. I don't understand the game here to like what is it to restart the economy because Fauci's telling people like because it seems to me like being in lockdown is beneficial to Wall because he doesn't have to go to court. You would think so. I'm yeah. sure he's you know weighing you know there's pros and cons to all of this. Sure, but uh, yeah, yeah. You know what's funny is. Uh, out of all the years for a global pandemic to happen and the rest of the weird shit that's going on, the year that it all happened was the year of the calendar that Jacob Wall's dad posed for. <laughs> Just happened to he be. He cursed this year. Mm-hmm. Him and Breck, they cursed it. Breck. Breck. Anyways, at one point uh, on that audio recording, Berkman says to uh, the accuser, let me tell you something, Diana. This guy shut the country down. He put 40 million people out of work. In a situation like that, you have to make up whatever you have to make up to stop that train. And that's the way life works, okay? That's the way it goes. Uh, Okay, Uh, yeah, she replies, it's not just any virus. I mean, it's a huge deal. I think you guys think it's something made up, but it's not. Berkman then replies, Mother Nature has to clean the barn every so often. How real is it? Who knows? So what if 1% of the population goes? So what if you lose 400,000 people? 200,000 were elderly, and the other 200,000 are the bottom of society. You gotta clean out the barn. If it's real, it's a positive thing, for God's sakes. So, That's yikes. some straight-up fucking eugenics, yeah, he's Mr. Berkman. E- evil, That's evil, some Nazi shit you're talking Evil person. Yeah. I, like... The elderly and the poor. I didn't think my opinion of these guys could, like, go any lower. Yeah, because like, they just turned into, like, a clown show. Yeah, they're like, like, these guys seriously. are fucking idiots. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they... they oh, yeah, they're evil. They That's literally, right. Jack Bergman's like, look, <laughs> if 400,000 people die, so what? Mm-hmm. That's just society cleaning itself out. That's just a power washing for society. It's um, fucking incredible. Well, it looks Jesus. like we're going to be at 100,000 at least by the end of May. Yeah, that's... Uh, mm-hmm. But everything's looking. opening back up. Open it back up. If you love this country, you'll take your chances. 
And by, by, by take your chances, I mean take your grandma's chances mm -hmm. for her. No, my grandparents are dead. My gra oh, I have one grandma left. She lives in Florida. She's fucked already. Yeah. All good. I have one grandma. She's very lonely. She hasn't seen anyone for like, for like You don't go months. to the window and say hi? She lives far away, but she's all. Oh, you don't make the drive? She's you got like nothing 95. else to do? I'm not going to go down there and just like peek in the window. You would if you were a good grandson. Yeah, she's you're right. probably Every day she wakes up, she says, today's going to be the day that, that my grandson, Elliot, comes all the way from L.A. to say hi and goodbye to me. I did call her fairly recently, and she was just like, oh, my God, I am so happy. I was like, I feel like a Go say asshole. hi to her. I know. I probably should. Because everyone's getting, like, here's the thing. Like, 90% of people are going to get this thing before the vaccine comes out. You haven't had it. Go now. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Make a trip of make, it. Make me feel Take like a, a real day asshole. Off. Take a day off. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of coronavirus, one of the most powerful memes to emerge while the world has been under quarantine has, of course, been the Ghanaian pallbearers dancing while holding a coffin with a techno soundtrack added on. It's great. I love it. Mm -hmm. It's a morbid meme for a morbid time. And, uh, well, police in India, Colombia, and Peru have all seized on the power of the meme to uh, show the locals that they, they must remain indoors mm -hmm. by actually going out on the streets with a real coffin and, like, doing the coffin dance while the song blasts from loudspeakers. Yeah. They love it. And uh, police in Spain, they've just been like, they've just used the song as a siren. So they patrol the streets, making sure that instead, yeah, they're just driving through town, blasting that song. Yeah. Stay the fuck inside or you're going to be part of this meme. It is kind of great. That this is like one of the only massive, widely spread It's a memes. global meme. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the actual original dancing pallbearers that were featured in the BBC footage that ended up becoming the meme, uh, they released a video clip this past week where they, they're all dressed in white this time and they're all saying thank you to healthcare workers across the world while also urging people to, quote, stay at home or you'll dance with us. That's a threat. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. Uh, some non-coronavirus news, Steve Underwood, president of the NFL's Tennessee Titans, announced his retirement this week. Who cares, you are asking, and so were we. What is so weird about a person announcing their retirement? Hmm. Well, despite this Steve Underwood guy at one point looking like this, his current facial hair situation has gone viral on account of it looking absolutely ridiculous. It's, an, it's incredible. Yeah, it's a, he doesn't have to wear a mask. He's no. got a full filter. Yeah, it's an N95 made Naturally by the human grown body. N95 mask. Yeah. It's maybe the most insane and unique approach to facial hair that anyone's ever seen. I mean, it's part walrus, part baleen whale, part bird beak. It's incredible. And we're excited to see what further facial hair innovations this guy has in store for everyone now that he's retired and he can just focus on that full time. I, I know everyone misses it. I look, the fact that I look different proves that the mustache was real. Yeah. I mean, it was a mustache. Yeah. It was a real mustache. It was. And when I shaved it off, I felt really bad for like an hour. Yeah. And I thought I looked stupid. Do your, your upper lip feel all cold? It actually feels a exposed. lot better. Because I kept like you know, messing with it. And it would like hurt That's a little bit. the problem bit. with mustaches. I don't know. I don't understand guys that can grow longer ones because I just, anytime mine grows even slightly too long, it's just constantly like. Yeah, and I was always messing with it and it would like eventually hurt the skin. Like I think I even have like a blemish because of it. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. That'll happen. Anyways, <laughs> enough about mustaches. Mm -hmm. uh, we got a lot more news for you in the headlines half of the show. But first, it's time to talk about this week's sponsor, Bespoke Post. If you're like us, your mailbox is a fairly depressing place. you got utility bills, political flyers, coupons. But you can make your mailbox a whole lot more interesting with a monthly box of awesome from Bespoke Post. 
Spoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every month, and no matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every part of your life. Ricky got a knife. I got a cool knife, yeah. and it has a belt strap on it, so you can just... Whenever you can I, open well, carry your knife. The, the hiking trails are open now, but I haven't, I haven't dared to enter them. Be, but I can have a little knife there, and if one of those uh, mountain lions comes at me, I can commit a crime. Yeah, those cougars have gotten real comfy up there. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to put them back on their mm -hmm. hind legs. Yeah. I mean, look at these boxes. There's a whole cocktail set. There's a beer brewing kit. There's a scrimshaw blade etching kit. It's all cool as hell. And to get started, you just take a quiz at boxofawesome.com to help pick the perfect box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel whenever you want. Each box only costs $45, but it has over $70 worth of gear inside. And you get a present. You're, mm -hmm. at, you're at home. You get a present. It's exciting to open it up. So get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code WEIRD at checkout. That is boxofawesome.com, code WEIRD, at checkout for 20% off your first box. All right, on to the headlines, starting with Kim Jong-un deliberately faked his death to expose traitors in his circle. You were right. Well, I don't know. This is I bow to you, sir. This, like most North Korean news, it's literally just like one guy, some, yeah. you know, North Korea expert. He's like, oh, yes, brilliant, like Stalin-esque plan. You where, did it, sir. Yeah, but I don't know. It seems kind of legit. It seems like something he would do. Like, if you were born into just like the weirdest fucking society on Earth where they're like... It's, like, not a monarchy, but it kind of is, and uh, I don't know. Like, I, I, feel like, I feel like most people in Kim Jong-un's shoes might try to fake their death, like, at least at one point. Like, yeah. I think the most logical thing that I heard is that, like, he just, because of coronavirus, he quarantined himself for two yeah, weeks with a harem of women. That sounds more like it. Yeah. Like, why, why be outside right now? He doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I do like the idea that he deliberately faked his death just to be, like, <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, Kim's over there. He's he's dead, and he's like hiding behind a painting <laughs> with, with his <laughs> binoculars. <Yeah>. Which one <laughs> of them was like, all right, who's gonna talk shit? Yeah, and he gets yeah. all pissed because the Western media is like, yeah, sure, get his sister in there. Yeah, his sister's gonna be, she's gonna be the one. Don't you dead. get any ideas? Mm -hmm. Moving on, Kevin Spacey compares career downfall to coronavirus effect on business. I can relate to what it feels like to have your world suddenly stop. So another this, another the, long rambling video from Kevin yeah, Spacey. And he didn't do it in character as Frank Underwood this time, which it's just as Kevin Spacey, mm -hmm. so it's it's less funny and it's mostly just gross. Yeah. But yeah, this was some like convention in Germany, like a virtual conference or convention. They're like Keynote speaker, Kevin Spacey, because I guess they he's, ran out of money. I don't know. He's been in Europe doing like stage acting and stuff too, I believe. Did they not see the the news about this guy? Maybe they're they're more okay with it. I don't know. The whole thing's fucking weird, though. A very uh, strange afterlife for his career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a, <laughs> one of the news reports about it too. It was like it featured a picture of him where he's uh, he's lit from directly above, and uh, the shadow of his nose. He look he looks exactly like Adolf Hitler. <laughs> and uh, you know, yeah. you know, he is a rapist, allegedly. Hmm. But he, he was a great actor, and now I'm just like, shit, he would have played a good Hitler, I bet. Now I'll never know. Well, he can now be like, you know, I never, I never raped anyone that's still alive. Because didn't he, like, everyone, like, mysteriously yeah, died? Yeah, a lot of them have. Commit suicide. Some of them or... are very much alive, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know if he had killed them all yet. 
Not yet. Okay. I think, did he create the coronavirus in the lab to take out his accusers? That's when he was, when he was stirring that tea last time. Was, was this just... a pandemic? Could be. Man arrested in Florida after trying to quarantine on Disney's Discovery Island. I don't see the problem here. It, the, the cool thing is that he lasted almost a week before getting caught. Yeah, he was there for a while, and the police showed up. They're like, you get out of there. He's like, officers, what I'm doing right here is quarantine. The mm-hmm. second you come over here, you are breaking my quarantine. No, no, no. Also, like, no one's using it. Come on. Yeah, it was, it was, it's was. it been abandoned for 20 years or something like that? Yeah, I don't know what exactly Discovery Island is supposed to be. It was an old part of the theme parks, and you have to take a boat over to it. It was, like, its own self-contained little thing. It wasn't, like, an actual theme park. Oh, okay. Uh, I think it was, like, a learning center, and it might have had some water slides or something on it. Yeah, what's the big deal? Um, but, yeah, there's, I mean, there's videos on YouTube of people, like, breaking into it and then leaving. Uh. But this guy stayed there for, like, a week, and pr- he probably, like, started a fire or something to, like, keep warm. We're like, hey! <laughs> What the fuck? Because no one ever goes there. Yeah. So he could have got away with it if he just didn't make it obvious. Seems dangerous. It seems like the the wilderness in Orlando, Florida. Uh, well, not just the wilderness. Yeah, getting <laughs> over there, swimming over to the yeah. island. I, I think would... it's like a quarter of a mile off of the... Uh... Yeah. Florida, the natural parts of Florida are pretty, like, inhospitable. Yeah. <laughs> also, two other, uh, two other Disney things. Uh, Florida's opening up their version of Downtown Disney, like, next week. Uh, and Shanghai Disney announced their opening date, and tickets immediately sold out for like a week. Well, best of luck to him. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Five-year-old Utah boy drives family car onto interstate, intending to buy Lamborghini. Yeah, what? You, and he said he had like five dollars in his pocket. Yeah, like three dollars. Uh, a lot. A lot of these headlines are about people's like sanity finally cracking and meltdown. There's no reason for a five-year-old to lose his mind yet. He's a five-year-old boy who's been stuck at home, can't see his friends. Give him the Fortnite. Maybe he doesn't have a Fortnite. I mean, if he's going to buy a Lamborghini, he's got something. I don't know. He's, he's getting stir-crazy. There's only so much Fortnite a, a growing boy can play. Mm-hmm. He, he's only five, so his hand-eye coordination still fucking sucks. He's getting pwned by 12-year-olds. Yeah. Like, I get it. He, it's just like, Mom, I, I want to get out of the house. So yeah. he stole their, their car. And, and he did a good to... job. You know, he made, he did it without crashing until yeah. he got pulled over. Yeah. But he was only, he was driving like 30 miles an hour on the interstate. Yeah, that's why they pulled him over. Uh, by the way, if you live in California, interstates are highways. Oh. Yeah. You just call them, I guess, they're freeways. I think they, they probably knew what an interstate was. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> you see, they connect states. Yeah. Interstate. Yeah. Live and Let Die plays while Trump tours factory without a mask. And, it, yeah. it's, and it's a mask factory. A mask factory. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's walking around without a mask and just, you know, the radio or whatever playing in the uh, factory. The, like, Live and let die. the workers were playing it on purpose, but I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's just a funny coincidence, probably. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Do you see Jimmy Kimmel apologize for the fucking video? Yeah. Rightfully so, too. Yeah, that, that thing was dumb. The Mike Pence, like... Empty boxes thing. There were empty boxes in the van. Yeah, but they, but they made a it. joke to where it, they cut it off before he, Mike yeah. Pence was obviously joking. He might be a ghoul, but he has a sense of humor. Yes. And the joke should have been the fact that they were driving a truck around with boxes yeah. that made it look full of PPE. Yeah, there were empty boxes. In the <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, this was hilarious just because they're at a mask factory. A mask factory. It would have done like a lot of good. Giant boxes full of masks. If he just put it on, it would have probably helped the marketing of the masks. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you want to look people in the eye when you're talking to them. You Can't do that with a mask. put a mask over your mouth. Mm-mm. To beat lockdown, Indian man buys 28 tons of onions and drives 869 miles disguised as a seller. Because it's essential, I guess? Yeah, you're allowed, you're allowed to drive, like long distances in India if you're like, you know, 
a food seller or something like that. This guy okay. was he was stuck in Mumbai, but he wanted to get back to his family home, but he couldn't do it just on his own. Smart. So he bought a big truck full of onions. And he's like, don't mind me, officer. I'm on my way to deliver all these onions, 28 tons of them. Seems like it'd be cheaper to pay off the officers. Could be. Also, this didn't work out. He was caught yeah. somehow. I don't know how exactly. That guy's smuggling onions. Yeah. I guess. At least it's like, that's the thing is it's very obvious if you're carting around 28 tons of onions. It's a lot of onions. Yeah. How dare you block my path? Drunk man shouts at snake, bites it into pieces. This is also in India. Yeah. It's meltdown May. Everyone's going crazy. Mm-hmm. Too long in quarantine. We're only nine days in. Yeah. We're losing it. India. I mean, here, it's fucking hot here. It is. We are glistening already. Like, I, yeah. I, but this happened, the snake guy eating the snake, uh, it happened like a day after India, or at least this part of India, resumed alcohol sales. Mm. They hadn't been selling alcohol. They brought him back, and this guy was just visibly just fucked up, and he's like on his bike. He lost like, his tolerance. Get out of the road, snake. Come on. I'll do it. So he went over and just picked it up. Tore it apart with his mouth. He killed that snake. Mm. Um, yeah. Free meal. I guess. Free Probably not the safest meal if it's a venomous snake. I think he or would know the difference not. between a venomous snake. I don't know. He, he lives in India. I don't. Yeah. He would know the snakes. Man climbs under moving big rig filled with wine, begins drinking from tanks. <laughs> How do you know? I don't know. There's video of it. It's fucking weird. This is you in follow like, it from the winery? This is in Modesto. He fucking, he pulled in front of the wine truck put on his hazards to be like, pull over. Got the wine truck to pull over. Runs out of his car. He's just wearing underwear, like no shoes, no socks. Runs in back of the truck. And the truck driver's like, I'm getting out of here. Meanwhile, he had like jumped onto the truck and like gotten underneath it. He's like hanging. He, he had to have known what he was he doing. He opened like, up a valve and he's just like underneath it. Just la, 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 la. Oh my God. People are losing their minds. Yeah. People yeah. are fucking losing it. But he had to have been like an employee at a winery to like know all, all the ins and outs. Maybe he's been casing this truck route for a long time. He's like pulled out the schematics of this truck to know how to like what's, do the I, valve. What's the most cartoonish possible way to hijack a wine truck? Also, like in the middle of a hot day in California, like, I don't know. And this it, was on the freeway. Like he was under there while I was going like 50 miles insane. an hour. Insane. Yeah. All right. Incredible. Queen's Brian May hospitalized after ripping glutes to shreds while gardening. That's his butt. Yeah. Uh, so I thought maybe he, like, fell into some roses or something. But no, he says he just, like... Bent down? Yeah, he, he sprained his ass somehow in a gardening accident. It's, it's literally, there's a part in This Is Spinal Tap where they're talking about all their former drummers who have died in, like, ridiculous ways. And one of them is like... Yeah, he died in a bizarre gardening accident. And Oof. Brian May has now had a bizarre gardening accident. Mm-hmm. Or he did something else out. and he's hiding out the story with the gardening. Yeah, issue. maybe he's growing some carrots and just jammed one up his butthole. Yeah. I fell right on this carrot. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. To shreds, though. But, uh, Pretty yeah. severe. To shreds, you say? Yeah. To shreds. Central New York pizzeria owner transforms jet ski into mini pirate ship in spare time. See, now this is the projects you should be proud of instead I, of stealing wine from a Yeah, Yeah, I've seen some cool, like, quarantine dad projects because there's a lot of dudes out there. They just need to be fucking doing something. And this guy, it's very cool. It's a, it's a pirate ship that's, like, only, like, five feet long, built entirely around his jet ski. And, uh, you know, all he needs is, like, a speaker with, like, the uh, dun 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 <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's fucking awesome. This is a great quarantine project. Yeah. I'm glad he did it. Probably has a bunch of beads in there to toss out to ladies who are on the boats. Yeah. 
I mean, this is definitely something he needs to take to not this year's 4th of July, uh, you know, parade. Sometime soon. Sometime. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a real hit. COVID-19 found in semen of infected men, say Chinese doctors. Yeah. We said it before and uh, we say again, it's looking like... This might... This might... Be a thing. Could be be. a thing. COVID-19 may possibly, according to some research, be stored in the balls. We don't know. Not sure. We don't know what to do about it either. Yeah, that would make it a STD. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's weird. Like or a, STI is an infection. That's I, like a, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's weird because they. <laughs> this is a Chinese study. I guess they had a bunch of dudes with coronavirus, like in the hospital. Like, hey, could you jack off in this cup? Oh yes, please. We need to settle a bet. So yeah. just can you jack off? We'll give you as much pornography. I'd be more than you. happy to. They did that, and it was not all of them. It was just like it was like fifteen percent of them. They were able to find it in their jizz. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it came off their hand. Could be, yeah. But uh, it's possible. Possible. It could be. That it lives in the balls. I have to. We, we got to spin through these because it's so hot that I'm passing out of my all feet. All right, all right. Okay, Russian film director plans a Holocaust Disneyland in Ukraine. Doesn't sound like a good idea. Yeah, it's uh, this guy. He's apparently, as a director, known for uh, putting his actors through hell and just... Uh, just being one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, he got put in charge of designing this Holocaust memorial. And he's like, all right, so when people show up, we're going to give them roles. Some of them people will be, they'll be assigned to be prisoners. Some of them will be assigned to be it's guards. It's like an escape room. It's going to be a whole role-playing <laughs> thing, yeah. like, uh, you know, dinner theater kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people are understandably a bit upset mm-hmm. by this idea. Um, yeah. yeah as, as they probably should be. Yeah. 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 It's not really, not really necessary. <laughs> I think the Holocaust just as a concept. You know, what, what, we're in the midst of this pandemic. It's time for a, a lot of people, places, and countries to look at ideas and say, maybe let's not do this. Yeah. Let's refocus our efforts on certain things. Let's start saying no. Yeah. Time to, time for the world to start saying no. Murder hornet munchies. The horrifying insect makes a tasty treat. That's what they said about the lionfish in Florida because there was too many of them. They're like, guys, by the way, delicious. Fish yeah. them all you want. You can get these on like sushi in Japan. Yeah. And uh, they also, the it's not soju, shochu, the Japanese liquor. Mm-hmm. They, they'll put one of these bees in there because like a little bit of the venom added with the alcohol, it'll fuck you up. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I kind of want to try it. Okay. I'll drink the bee. Great. Well, we were supposed to go to Japan this year, but I guess next year and yeah. we'll try it. Yeah. And final headline. Super constipated Florida lizard breaks records with gargantuan poop. It it's looked very uncomfortable. Yeah, this, this lizard, uh, it's a world record. 80% of its weight mm-hmm. was, was a giant turd that was stuck inside of it. Uh, she was found. This is an invasive species of lizard. I don't remember what kind. But, like, this lizard, she was found near a pizzeria. Probably eating too much cheese. She, well, she'd be eating, like, pizza grease, yeah. and uh, it just, like, coagulated inside of her. She couldn't, it got too big. She couldn't shit it out. <laughs> they thought she was pregnant when they found her, and they're like, wait, those aren't eggs. So and, they get uh, it out, and she lived? No, they euthanized her. She's dead. They put her down. Put her out of her misery, I'm sure. Well, what a way to go out yeah, there. I'm, eating I'm, all the pizza you want. I'm sure it was miserable. Uh, and, you know, now she's gone down in history as the uh, biggest, yeah. biggest turd-to-body ratio. You know, a lot of lizards come and go. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of lizards make the news. Yeah, so. we salute you, uh, you, you sad bastard. The hero of the show. Uh-huh. All right, time to go take a shower. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Check out our other episodes over here, and we'll be back soon uh, with, uh, you know, more videos. More stuff. More stuff.
Enjoy uh, going out to restaurants and stuff. No, the state. don't uh, do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know, do whatever you want. Do Bye. whatever you want. Bye.